Friday, everyone, here on WVAU.org. You are tuned into Fanatic Radio, American University's marquee flagship sports radio show here on the campus of American University. Michael Gardner, along with Dan Goldman, as always. Facebook.com slash Fanatic Radio is the site. 202-885-8700 is the number. Fanatic Radio is the name. Feels good to be back, Dan, doesn't it? I was about to say the same thing. It's been a while. It feels really good to be back in the studio. <laughs> I was going to say, just to recap for everyone why we weren't there, it was, uh, I guess we didn't have a show the 18th, and then we had Thanksgiving break, and then last week, I was at Penn State with the volleyball team for the NCAA tournament. So How'd that go? We lost in four sets. I mean, to a, a relatively f- pretty good Delaware team, we were fairly even, I would say, because we out-hit Apparently, it was the first time we lost when we outhit our opponent. But right out of the gate, we have our first caller. Hello, thanks for calling in. You're on Fanatic Radio. How are you, Noah? It's been a while since you've called in the show. Glad to have you back. How have you been? What do you want to talk about here on the show? Yes, Poole signs a 10-year, $200-plus-million-dollar contract with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. What are your thoughts on that? Did you switch from a Yankees fan to a Cardinals fan? So who's your team this year now that Pujols is gone and the Yankees aren't winning? <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> you can become a uh, Miami Marlins fan. Yeah. What, ab- what about the Angels? <laughs> what about a Cubs fan? You can always start low and work your way to the top. Hopefully they... Have a winning streak this year. Not Pujols has gone from their division. <laughs> well, you have a while to figure that out. But uh, can we get your take on uh, who you think is going to win the Super Bowl?
think Tim Tebow. What are your thoughts on him? Thank you very much, Noah. Keep up on that biochemistry. Yeah, best of luck on finals. <laughs> All right, we'll try not. But yeah, so, um, of course, it is finals. This next week is finals week. We actually will have a show, hopefully. What's the, when's the day you leave? I leave Friday night, so I'm good for a show. All right, yeah, we are on the air, but... Back to uh, what our first caller was saying, Pujols, 10-year, $254 million deal. Say it's the second largest in baseball history. Isn't that, uh, yeah, A-Rod got $250 million, Right. $252 million, so they outdid that by <laughs> a couple million. I'll say, your thoughts on that, though? Do you think this completely oh, changes man. the face of baseball? Absolutely. I mean, the Angels um, just kind of came out of nowhere with this, and also with the C.J. Wilson which kind of really got, you know, that's that's like that's the biggest pitching uh, pickup of the offseason, and it just got completely outshadowed by the Pujols deal. But um, Dave Winfield, I believe, tweeted something that said, um, "I was the first 30 years ago, I was the first player to get a 10-year deal, and uh, it's almost impossible to stay healthy that long and be that productive." And uh, we saw with Arod, you know, he's, is he worth 30 million dollars a year now? No. The Maybe. Rangers are still paying him too. Rangers are. Some, I think so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's just crazy. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if he lasts 10 years, you know, being worth $20 million. Also, we'll switch coasts. Going to Miami, or Jose Reyes signs with the Miami Marlins. They also got Mark Burley. Is that how you say his name? Burl? Burley, yeah. Burley. They got Burley, yeah. Comple- that completely changed team as well. Oh, absolutely. I don't know where this money's coming from either. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, a whole new fan base. They wanted to get kind of the Latino superstar and Reyes to really connect with those fans. And then Heath Bell, they, they got Heath Bell as well, uh, one of the best closers in the game last year. So, um, yeah, with Josh Johnson and Burley um, with the um, pitching staff and Reyes and Hanley in the infield, that's uh, that's a good team now. Also, you as a Boston fan, what are your thoughts on Bobby Valentine being the new skipper at Fenway? I like it. Um, I mean... There was really nowhere to go but down from Francona because he was kind of the perfect manager for Boston. But, you know, they really went out and got a respected person. If they came with someone like Adele Swaim, who, like, you know, has only managed a couple games in the big leagues, and the players who have an ego problem, obviously, would not have uh, respected him as much. But Bobby Valentine, obviously, very respected, and will get the players in shape. Hopefully. And I think it's ironic how him and Francona switched roles. Yeah, he's on baseball tonight now. Yeah, he'll be doing... It's funny how, how ESPN, ESPN goes out and chooses these people. It said, I think I read something on Fox Sports that Francona had one game prior to the two he worked with Joe Buck. Oh, really? In the yeah. Uh, ALCS. Yeah, that was funny. Should be interesting, though. Yeah, baseball, I love how we're talking about baseball in December. It's been, a, you know, winter meetings. Yeah. Makes for a crazy week. And Dallas again. I missed him again. <laughs> So all the work, but now we'll switch to the the NBA, which is back while we were off the air. And are you surprised that they managed to get it down to a 66 game season with the first tip off being on Christmas Day? I'm not really surprised. I kind of knew there was going to be some sort of season. Um, 
it it kind of sucks for the players now because those 66 games are really condensed and you know like all cluttered together. So there's not much not much uh, rest rest area for them. But I'm glad it it went through. All right, <clears throat> of course already some huge trades being proposed or I guess out there already. Pau Gasol going to Houston, Lamar Odom going to the Hornets, and which was supposed to be Chris Paul going to Los Angeles to play at the Lakers. Apparently today was announced that Dave Stern vetoed the trade, saying it was not in the best interest of the league. We have a quick, a quick audio clip from the Ben and Skin show in my hometown of Dallas with owner uh, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban explaining exactly why the trade did not go through. I mean, but it's also impressive that the league owns a team, too. And that, that has different responsibilities. And, I mean, look, the league doesn't listen to me, but I, so I can only give you my opinion. And my opinion is, you know, not on the basketball side, on the business side. We just had a lockout. And one of the goals of the lockout was to, to say that teams, small market teams, now have a chance to keep their players. And the rules are designed to give them that, that opportunity. And so all of a sudden have a league-owned team trade their best player, particularly after just gone out and selling a ton of tickets in that market, that's not the kind of signal you want to send. You know, and then part two to that is all the rules of, you know, what you can and can't do under the new CBA weren't finalized until yesterday. So how do you really make a strategic decision until you know all the rules? So that's Mavericks owner Mark Cuban explaining that it was more of a business size. Dave Stern said today, quote, all decisions are made on the basis of what is in the best interest of the New Orleans Hornets. In the case of the trade proposal that was made by the Hornets for Chris Paul, we decided, free from the influence of other NBA owners, that the team was better served with Chris in a Hornets uniform than by the outcome of the team of the terms of that trade. So do you think it's good that good or bad for the league that David Stern is letting Chris Paul go out the final year of his contract in New Orleans? I think it's good for the league, bad for you know the players who, like Chris Paul, who doesn't want to play in New Orleans. Cause he's, I mean, he's going to leave in seven months anyway, so that kind of sucks for him. But I mean, this is just kind of, you know, not the reason why he vetoed it, but it's like you know you're seeing players just going to the big markets, like in Miami and that, that, that Boston. That's exactly in the Knicks, and that's exactly what Los Angeles was doing, and it kind of places like New Orleans where you know, people aren't going to want to go because they're not that big of a market as Los Angeles. And it's just going to kind of kill the league. I mean, who's going to be a free agent and be like, oh, man, I want to go to Minnesota and, like, be the superstar in their franchise? No, nobody. Yeah, because now I think it's official that Gasol and Odom left the Lakers. They the Their trade went? I thought the whole trade got vetoed. Maybe. So I was going to say, if it does, if it does work, then... I guess ultimately it leaves Kobe Bryant just with Andrew Bynum and the rest of his team. Right. And maybe, maybe they'll let Gasol and Odom go. If not, they stay in Los Angeles. Yeah, like you said, for seven months. I feel like, from like as Cuban said, from a business side, it is good for them to let him finish out that year. Because if you let players, or if you let the fans that bought tickets for this limited season that they have this year to not see your best player on the floor... Yeah. Sort of feels like a waste of money, especially after this whole labor agreements between big owners and small market teams. Definitely, yeah. It's a shame. So who knows? But also, uh, Dwight Howard met, secretly met with the Nets this past week, which was a violation of team rules. And people are saying he's going somewhere else as well. Where do you think Superman will end up? 
Well, he made it pretty clear that he wants to go to New Jersey um, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, his good friend Darren Williams plays there. And, uh, you know, they have really no other core besides Williams. So they could would kind of make up the franchise. Also, next year, they're moving to Brooklyn. So obviously, Dwight wouldn't want to want to play in New Jersey. That's not really a good market. But then when Jay-Z moves them to Brooklyn, that's where Dwight wants to be with Darren Williams. That's right. I was watching Williams highlights on YouTube from him at Besiktas. He completely tore up that league. In where? In uh, Turkey. Oh, this, this all-season? Yeah. Yeah. And it's good that he comes back. I feel like he is the only one of the only players that will benefit from going to Europe because he actually consistently plays instead of playing in charity events. Yeah, that's very true. Also, uh, it was announced a couple weeks ago while we were gone that the Chinese Basketball League, even though there is a lockout, they're still trying to fight with the NBA, saying that players have to stay through their contract. That it's their season that ends in March. So guys like J.R. Smith and Kenyon Martin could end up staying in China. Do you think this is stubborn of the Chinese Basketball League doing this? I mean, no, they they cover kind of like the fallback, and now they're kind of saying, like, screw you, they're <laughs> staying. But I don't think that'll happen. All right, so we'll take a uh, quick music break. When we come back, we will talk about the end of the college football season. I guess some bowls we got, because the next time we're back on after our Christmas show or our last holiday show, we'll be past the national championships and everything. So we'll look at the Heisman race and more in the world of sports. We'll talk more about the NBA and also the NFL, the Packers staying undefeated. Will they continue to do that as such? But stay tuned. You're listening to Fanatic Radio on WVAU. Close to now. So 
out on compliments, overdose on confidence, started not to give a fuck and stop fearing the consequence, drinking every night because we drink to my accomplishments, made it way too long, I'm floating in and out of consciousness and they saying I'm back, I'd agree with that, I just take my time with all this shit, I still believe in that, I had someone tell me I fell off, ooh I needed that, and they wanna see me pick back up, well where'd I leave it at? I know I exaggerated things, now I got it like that Tuck my napkin in my shirt cause I'm just mobbing like that You know good and well that you don't want a problem like that You gon' make someone around me catch a body like that No, don't do it, please don't do it Cause one of us goes in and we all go through it Drizzy got the money, so Drizzy gon' pay it Those my brothers, I ain't even gotta say it That's just something they know They know, they know, they know they know, they know, they know They know, they know, they know Yeah, they know, yeah That the real is on the rise Fuck them other guys I even gave them a chance to decide Not something they know They know, they know, they know Yeah, I be yelling out Money over everything Money on my mind then she wanna ask when it got so empty Tell her I apologize, happened over time She said they miss the old Drake, girl, don't tempt me If they don't get it, they'll be over you That new shit that you got is overdue You better do what you supposed to do I'm like, why I gotta be all that? But still I can't deny the fact that it's Listen to you expressing all them feelings Soap opera rappers, all these niggas sound like all my children And that's who you thinking is about to come and make a killing I guess it really is just me, myself, and all my millions You know that they ain't even got it like that You gon' hype me up and make me catch a body like that Cause I live for this, it isn't just a hobby like that When they get my shit and play it, I ain't even gotta say it They know, they know, they know, they know they know, they know, they know They know, they know, 
Hey, we're back here on Fanatic Radio, where we uh, already have a caller out of the gate. Hello, thank you for calling in. You are on Fanatic Radio. Who doesn't? Who, who do you have winning the Heisman? All right, why do you think RG3 will win the Heisman? Do you think... I, I'm kind of worried about that, though, because I, for one, think RG3 should deserve it. He has one of, the, one of the best overall statistics, running the football, throwing the football, leading Baylor to the highest ranking they've had, I think, in program history. But do you think that the Heisman voters will sort of favor guys like, and, uh, like Trent Richardson or Tyron Matthew just because they play in the SEC and have all the media attention? I know. I mean, I hope he wins as well. He had a very impressive win over Texas last week, and I'm a little disappointed that they're going to the Alamo Bowl. I feel like Baylor, with a nine and three record, should go to be deserving of a higher bowl on even a New Year's Day game. They finished third in the Big Twelve. I think they're more deserving than the bowl they got chose to do. But I mean, for you got for you Baylor fans, it's nice to go down to San Antonio, only a few hours away. But yeah, thanks for your call once again. Sorry to jump out of that uh, music break. We appreciate all the calls. We'll get back to the music as soon as possible on a tight shift here at WVAU. So if you have your calls, feel free to call in. Otherwise, we'll be back to discuss more about the Heisman race.
really just a matter of semantics When everybody's fresh out of collateral to damage and my slaying got me praying like a man as I begin to vanish Feel the pull of the blank canvas I'm contemplating that special dedication to whoever it concerned My letter of resignation fading back to black My dark coronation The heat of the day The long robe of words hate That soul is in the atmosphere like airplay If there's a heaven I can't find a stairway from the world.
around the world. Uh, 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 to the beach, y'all. And welcome back to Fanatic Radio here on WVAU. Go to facebook.com slash fanatic radio to like the page or call in at 202-885-8700. It's time for college basketball, which is actually in full swing. How much college basketball have you been following, Dan? I've been following a good amount. Uh, American University Eagles doing pretty well. Yeah, currently 8-2 and two for taking on either a four-game, five-game road trip before starting Patriot League play January 7th. They have... St. Francis, PA, this Saturday. Mark your calendars the 17th for those of you that are staying, I guess, not later than after finals is over, because we all want you to go home and have a good holiday. But December 17th, they will face the Georgetown Hoyas in the Verizon Center, which Georgetown has not been ranked for quite some time this year, but picking up some quality wins in Stunning fashion, I should say. They beat number eight, then number eight Memphis in overtime at the Maui Invitational over Thanksgiving, and then they've had. Oh, then they beat Alabama on the road, hitting a three-point shot with two seconds left. Alabama was then ranked number twelve, so now they're finally in the top twenty-five. Looking at the USA Today rankings, the Hoyas are indeed number 21 with a 7-1 and record. Of course, AU 8-2. Joe Charles Hinkle, American's own. Sixth in, in the nation in scoring. Scored the most points out of any player in the nation so far. Also, that when, did you go see the game against St. Joe's on Sunday? I saw that game, yep. Very exciting game. Joe, C.J. Aiken, the number one really tall guy, was leading the nation in blocks. He had a few He had a few At that time, blocks. yeah. He had, yeah, so he had definitely had more than a few, but... <clears throat> So looking forward to that. More college basketball, though. Uh, we'll, we'll immediately start with just, not controversy, but the whole Syracuse thing, how they've been able to pick up a few wins despite assistant head coach Bernie Fine getting fired. What is your take on the whole situation? Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, but uh, they're 9-0, and so clearly <laughs> That's hasn't, lie. hasn't phased them. Um, they're a really good team. They have the best 10-minute rotation, I think, um, in college basketball. And... They play, I think, Florida and beat them. And other than that, they really haven't had any challenges. But it'll be interesting to see how they do uh, down the stretch when they play the top-ranked teams. Also, while we were gone, North Carolina was upset by UNLV. And they tried to bounce back going into Rupp Arena. Did you watch that game on Saturday? The I didn't see it, but I or heard Sunday. about yeah, the uh, Kentucky. The Kentucky-North Carolina game, which is a good preview from March. Hopefully to see those two teams back, maybe in Elite Eight, Final Four appearance. Yeah, Kentucky did get the better of the Tar Heels, so now two straight losses for North Carolina. Also, another team this week that looked very impressive is Missouri. Marcus Denman, their point guard, scoring 28 points in the win over Villanova. Definitely a contender for Big 12 Player of the Year. And that was on Tuesday. Wednesday night game was the American game. Also, Duke bouncing back after that loss, the I'd say relatively embarrassing loss to Ohio State. Of course, give credit to OSU. They were, they definitely are. There should be the number two team in the nation. Looking at these scores as well from last night, Harvard was undefeated at one point, ranked 24th in the nation, the highest I think any Ivy League team has had since 1958. Of course, wow. they go into UConn to try to dethrone the number nine Huskies, who were actually upset by 
Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan, or Jeffrey Jordan, one of the two. Where does he play? Uh, Central Florida. All oh, right. So he ended up, uh, the Golden Knights, sort of they're called, ended up beating or upsetting UConn in a tournament in the Bahamas, which Harvard won. So that's keeping them undefeated. It was Jeremy Lamb, 18 points, as the Huskies won 67-53. Don't think there are any big marquee games tonight, but looking forward to this Saturday. Got a couple of good games for you. Kentucky-Indiana. Now, I say this as, of course, looking at a Kentucky team, how impressed are you by watching the Wildcats? Kentucky, uh, they're doing, they're very impressive right now. They have uh, that big man, what's his name? Anthony Davis. Yeah, he's had like five blocks a game I think he's averaging. So uh, that that's very important when you, you know, play in the tournament especially, is a uh, big man presence. There's him, there's uh, Darren Lamb, who is actually staying his, this is his second year along with Terrence Jones, guys that did not go to the NBA in order to stay in college. And of course, I think this is, Coach Calipari's first team where he actually has players with more than just a freshman year of yeah, experience. Not gen to the NBA. So a very impressive Kentucky team facing a relatively surprising Indiana team. I think are undefeated as of now, if not have one loss, but they're a newly revived Hoosier team. They have Cody Zeller, who actually is Tyler Zeller's younger brother, the center, senior center on North Carolina. Another big game to watch on ESPN at 315 Eastern, Ohio State, Kansas. Kansas is a team that's been iffy. Lost to Duke in the Maui Invitational. They've picked up a couple of small wins here and there. This is their first true opponent since the Thanksgiving break. And I'm looking forward to it. It is in Allen Fieldhouse. I think Kansas could pull off the upset. Because Jared Sollinger is question, or trying to do a game-time decision whether or not he will play. This is usually a game where Ohio State needs good three-point shooters. But Kansas' defense with the home crowd possibly could get the job done depending if Tyshawn Taylor handles the ball well. But are you excited for that game? Is that something you'll be watching? Probably. I'm also looking forward to the Duke game. Duke-Washington. <laughs> Duke-Washington. Washington's coming off that uh, tough loss, though. Yeah. So is Duke's. So it'll be interesting to see. That, game's on. that game is actually one of Duke's only games on CBS this year, which is really surprising. Definitely will have the Clark Kellogg and Jim Nance calling that game. And other than that, uh, surprising teams to look out for, though, is the uh, Missouri game is always on ESPN3. Also, Xavier, number eight in the nation. Yeah. They picked up a solid win coming from behind against Purdue, who I thought was going to take that game. That's why I shut it off halfway in the second half. But uh, Two Holloway, another player that decided not to go to the NBA, definitely putting a team on his back with a, a relatively weak conference. You think Xavier could run the table and win in that. Also, another impressive team was Marquette, the team that actually beat Washington this past weekend. They're a team that returns a lot of seniors from that last year's Sweet 16 team that upset Syracuse. So looking forward to that. Also, Creighton. This game yeah. is not televised, but they're number 17 in the nation. They have a guy named, I think it's Doug Erickson. Doug McDermott. Or Doug McDermott is the fifth, leading, fifth or fourth leading scorer in the nation. A... Guy who, I would say he's Steph Curry-like, but he definitely, whenever he gets the ball in his hands, he will shoot it no matter what. Mm-hmm. But a big game I'm looking forward to as well as the Ohio State and also the Duke game. 
Michigan State at Gonzaga. It's Michigan State is not ranked, and I don't think Draymond Green will play. He did come down with an ankle injury this past week. But always impressive when you see Gonzaga play. They were my dark horse to do well in the tournament. But they do they did suffer at one loss to Illinois, which I don't understand why. I don't think Illinois is a very organized team. But then again, it was in Illinois. I'm surprised they did not play it in Chicago. Whatever, but that's another game to look excited for. Also, speaking on the stages of college, the college football season, regular season is officially over. It's now time this Saturday. It's five players will enter. Only one will be crowned the most prestigious award in college football, the Heisman Award. Looking at the guys, we have Robert Griffin the third from Baylor, Trent Richardson, running back from Alabama, Andrew Luck, quarterback from Stanford, Monty Ball, the running back from Wisconsin, and Tyron Matthew, cornerback from LSU. It is that special time, Dan. Who do you think is going to win the Heisman Trophy and why? I would like to see either RG3 or Richardson win. Um, I say that because on RG3's standpoint, he is, you know, by far... Well, not by far. I mean, Andrew Luck is pretty good, too. But uh, he is just his his athleticism and what he's done this season is, you know, is really amazing, like the NFL teams. And uh, they're saying he's Michael Vick with a much better arm. So I've seen some uh, games with his, and his arm is just ridiculous. And then he just runs the ball down the field. And his stats are, like, you know, ridiculous. So I would, uh, it would be cool to see him win. And then Richardson, I say him because... He carries the ball like 30 times a game for Alabama, um, you know, getting just take grinding out yards after yards after yards, and that is why I think he. I don't. I mean, this is like for me the most valuable player, not really the best player. So I think Richardson's the, um, the most valuable. So looking at those stats, Griffin just two yards shy of 4,000 on the year, 36 touchdowns, only six interceptions. A 72% passer rating. I believe that is actually better than Andrew Luck's, who had less yards, more interceptions, and less touchdowns. He definitely completely, he definitely fell off the whole Heisman watch thing after that loss to Oregon. I think so, yeah. I'd say disappointing, though, because everyone had high expectations. Of course, the Pac-12 was really wide open this year with a lot of good teams. USC, Oregon. He had impressive wins. Although I guess is it the matter? I ask, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked that the last caller we had, val, um, lobbying for Robert Griffin to win. Do you think it'll come down to sort of a bias on who's going to win the Heisman because that Baylor did not get as much media coverage as say the SEC teams? Um, I don't really know what the voters think, but yes, I do think that you know um, Alabama playing in the in in that you know huge LSU game really gave a lot of spotlight to Richardson. And uh, Griffin just, you know, didn't really. He had like a couple, couple good televised games, but other than that, you know, no one really saw him. Of course, Griffin had 1,500 yards, six yards per carry, which is very impressive. I'm gonna go against the grain on this one. Although I did lobby for Monty Ball, I think their quarterback Russell Wilson sort of stole the spotlight away from a predominantly running team. But, I mean, congratulations to Wisconsin. They're going to the Rose Bowl for the second consecutive year. I'm going to say Tyron Matthews going to win it. The, of course, there's good news and bad news on why I say that. The bad news is, I'll start with that, is he's a sophomore, and I don't think the voters will look at that seriously. But as a sophomore, 
He has he has two interceptions, two punt return touchdowns, two sacks, six forced fumbles, five recovers, and 54 solo tackles. Now, if you look at his numbers compared to Charles Woodson, the last defensive back or last defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy back in 1997, relatively same numbers. Mm-hmm. Sheer coincidence? I don't know. Just doing my research, that's what I found. And also, he had Matthew has more forced fumbles, more fumble recoveries than Woodson has. Only a few interceptions. That's what Woodson mainly pri- uh, thrived on was getting the ints. But also, Matthew has more tackles for loss and more sacks than Charles Woodson does. So as a sophomore, and also he's playing for the number one team in the country in the national championship game. And of course, when you look back on that Alabama-LSU game earlier this year, that was a 9-6 to game, clearly defense won that game for LSU. So I don't know. I think he's going to be a dark horse in that. But we got another caller here on the show. Hey, thanks for your call. You are on Fanatic Radio. What's up? How are you? I don't know. I think he should go to Los Angeles. I feel like the NBA is being very selfish on this. Although, listening to what Mark Cuban said, how it is sort of a business side that in New Orleans they just bought season tickets for this and you're going to disappoint all those fans. But I think I'd love to see him in Los Angeles. It's what he wants to do, as Dan mentioned. It's his... Who? He'll... I think he'll definitely... As soon as his... his con- as soon as his contract's over, he'll definitely go to Los Angeles. Well, I mean, I'm very excited to see that. Chris Paul and Kobe, that'd probably be the best one-two combination guard-wise in the NBA. What's your thoughts on that? What do you think of Chris Paul? <laughs> also, uh, your take on uh, if the, if Petray does, does go through, Pau Gasol in Houston... All right, thanks for your call. So, one of our callers about Chris Paul. Phone lines are open, as always, 202-885-8700. Last call about, if the trade were to go through, how good would that make the Lakers? I feel like that would hurt them, though. I honestly don't think they would be that good. They wouldn't be as good as they were. They really going to rely on Andrew Bynum to be your whole inside presence. Yeah, Good luck with that. Because you lose your sixth man, I got sixth man of the year, and your All Star center. Yeah, I think that, I think that would benefit the uh, Houston Rockets because you look at it, they have Kevin Martin in his second year there, who's no Kevin Martin's part of the trade. Is he really? Yeah, that's so disappointing. He, he goes to New Orleans. Okay, then. Well, I'd say he would make it better. But you have Luis Scola as a power forward guy from Argentina who's very good. Mm-hmm. Is it Aaron? No, Aaron Brooks is with the Suns. He used to play them. I don't know who that guard would be. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. I feel like he's got enough experience. That's that's rightfully said. Yumming's retired. He's not there anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately. So, Pau Gasol will replace that. I feel Hakeem like if he just. Olajuwon. Hmm? Who? Hakeem Olajuwon. No, he's not there. Oh, you're retired. 
Yeah, he did. Um, you have Kevin McHale as a coach. Okay. He's the new coach. But now that you mentioned that Kevin Martin, that completely benefits the... Um, actually, I don't know. I'm starting to start something like... I would say it benefits the Hornets. But you have Odom as well as Kevin Martin. If he would have stayed in Houston, would have been... That would have been a deadly team right there because he'd been his second year on the team with his ability to shoot, with Pau Gasol's ability to rebound, Fui Skull's ability to shoot. Of course, it's wide open, yet none of them, none of those teams are the defending champs, which I'm excited for NBA season. Christmas Day matchup between the Mavericks and the Heat. LeBron comes back to Dallas after losing his fourth quarter mm-hmm. again. Are you excited that NBA season is finally underway? I'm very excited. It's been a long two months of watching hockey, so I'm ready. I'll say what's been going on in hockey. Our Bruins went undefeated in the month of uh, November. Yeah, I saw that. Also, uh, did you see Sidney Crosby when he returned? His yeah. first game back was at two goals and an assist. Yeah. But, I mean, then the Penguins lost to the Bruins, so. What about that? But yeah, also, uh,. What was it? The whole that whole like two weeks where fines were going out because of major hits. Yeah. Is the NHL doing its part to sort of settling that down? Do you feel like it's getting out of hand? Yeah, I mean after all these deaths with concussion-related symptoms, blah blah blah. I think they're doing their part to uh, protect the players. I guess. All right, that's our quick little hockey blurb. Uh, we had our Heisman picks. When we come back, we'll talk some college bowls predictions. We don't want to give too much away because we have a show next week where we'll break down all of that. But and when we come back, also, NFL talk, we're still there. But once again, you're listening to FNAC Radio on WVAU.
got ice all over my windshield. I can tell it's gonna be a cold winter. I hit the deep cross, I never turn the heat off. And still I'm so chillin' with a snowflake. These silly billets really fail to act as if they know Drake. Always gossiping, calling and texting. Magneto niggas trying to bring down X-Men. Telling my ex-girl, trying to explain how I am no good. So go with the next man. But y'all, you don't know me. You don't know us. We go by the name of A-T-F. And any previous affiliation, they know to hold his tongue and I spare him humiliation. I know you in and out, nigga, I am not playing. Fall back, keep on escaping and Alizean And stop trying to act like you like me and my team Not us, so you knock us That's precisely what I mean And dog, it's forever clear My money evergreen My presence is quiet in places you have never been It's all in a day's work That's what I am on NBC, MTV, Viacom And who's Continental GT Is outside showing them how monumental he be one wheel on the curb, ticket on the dash. It's like every fucking summer, I just switch it on their ass. And man, I'm a commodity. None of them as hot as me. The industry standards, so I am what they gotta be. Cause Drake's still the balls, it's like Jake Gyllenhaal. Can't help it, I've been brainwashed to kill them all. I think I should pass my own amendment. You frontin' with glass all in your pendant. You ain't living rapper, you never have been. You a has-been, a gas station attendant. Your man is a turkey, you with a liar. It's clear in the air, I'm a humidifier. I'm spitting fire, and getting flyer. And what you planning for this summer, I did it prior. I shattered shows, and tattered clothes, met status quo. This is the South, and I am present when it matters most. The starting hopper, pay attention to my ladder flows. Giving brain ain't bad, girl, don't be that opposed. I flatter hoes, and drink dong, they always ask me, is that the rose? You mean rose? Why get your tears? I stopped trying years ago, this is effortless. I'm in your house, got the key to your home. I am Jeopardy ass, Wikipedia known. I am AA driven and Expedia flown. So stop jacking my style, you in need of your own, man.
Barbara Streisand.
think I'm gonna try something that I ain't, I ain't never did before on this one. Let's go. Welcome back to Fanatic Radio here on WVAU.org, Americans' number one sports talk show, with a little bit of music as well. We had two rock and roll legends, well I guess not really rock and roll, but they are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it was Hank Williams and Bob Dylan. Fun fact, over Thanksgiving break, I was actually at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio. Very interesting, a lot of artifacts like um, Ray Charles' sunglasses. Elvis's Cadillac he owned. <laughs> but um, here at the show, usually we have a guest on our show. So our 10 good minutes, give or take, was usually with an AU athlete, but we have a very special guest to our show. We have ESPN News sports anchor Bram Weinstein, and you'll get to know a little bit more about Bram. Bram, thank you once again for calling into Fanatic Radio. How are you? I'm good. How was your uh, crazy week in sports? How has it been up in Bristol? What do What are your thoughts on the whole Chris Paul situation? true <laughs> right and also for the baseball side of things we saw the second largest I think it was the second largest contract in MLB history with Albert Pujols going to Los Angeles that completely changes the scope of baseball knowing that Pujols is going out west also, your thoughts on Jose Reyes going to the Marlins. How these two small clubs with that weren't really in the big picture of going out and getting players now have both have all-stars on their squad. Right, also with Clayton Kershaw, who is the Scion winner. Fun fact about that, Bram, actually a high school alum of my high school back in Dallas, Texas. Yes, sir. All right, and of course, a bioblast as well, because just like us, you were an American University grad in 1995. How does it feel to be part of the eagle culture, the old saying, once an eagle, always an eagle? 
Also, at American, what were sort of the things that were changed back in the 90s? Was I, was Jeff Jones the coach at AU when you were there? Yes. Was the basketball program as good as it was right now? All right, take your time, Bram. So we'll figure details about that later. That's uh, Bram Weinstein, ESPN news anchor. Joined ESPN 2008. We definitely want to ask him, sort of pick his brain on what it's like to be a sports center anchor. Also, get his take on, we got his take on baseball and the NBA like to get his take on the Heisman race as well as the whole college football landscape on where that goes going. But jumping back here, we have a clip I want most of the fans to hear as we segue into the NFL, tying the whole sports culture together. We have Charles Barkley talking about Tim Tebow on the Waddle and Slivy show in... Chicago, Chicago's radio, Chicago ESPN 1000. Here's what, uh, for that. Yes, Bram, is this you once again? <laughs> Say he's probably jealous of your uh, credibility. I don't know, meaning to ask this, as soon as you graduated from college, what was your path that sort of led you to working at ESPN today? Is this, as the old saying goes, is this the scenario, dream job for you? What has been the most I guess, exciting experience for you with your term at ESPN so far.
All right, and when you were attending American University, what were some of the activities that you were involved in, obviously being a broadcast journalism major? What were some of the extracurriculars that you did at school? I think it is back. The, the Sammies, they're called. Yep, that's... Actually, my co-host is a uh, Alpha Epsilon Pi. <laughs> that's good. Also, for you being a sports anchor, I know there's the certain roles uh, when you go into the, the sports world. There's producer, executive producer, cameraman. What are your daily duties being an on-air or an on-camera anchor? What are your thoughts on the whole Sandusky case? I know it's still withering around. I read the other day on New York Times that he had 40 counts he is facing. What's your whole thoughts on a, a, literally an entire month of Penn State news? Do you think the same thing is going to happen at Syracuse with the whole Bernie Fine case?
true. Right. Also, sticking to college sports, I guess putting more of a positive affliction on the conversation, the Heisman Trophy is announced tomorrow. Looking at the five guys, each one has a plethora of credentials to win it, but in your opinion, I guess, ask, should I be asking this or not, but who do you think has the best shot of winning the Heisman Trophy? Sorry, inside source right there. Also, staying with college football, the bowl, the BCS games were announced, and it is a rematch of LSU Alabama. Did the, the computers get it right, or it should it have been Oklahoma State with the win they had against Oklahoma the last game of the season? <laughs> Right, and now Boise State's in the Big East from the West. That's complete. Right, and thinking of football, I guess our final thought for you since we're going to segue into the NFL is two things. The thoughts on the Tim Tebow saga that is continuing on, and will the Packers stay undefeated through 2011 before entering the playoffs?
the thing Detroit Lions Christmas Christmas Eve Christmas Day match. Right. All right, thank you for your time, Bram. Thanks for calling in the show. We'd definitely love to have you back next year in 2012, especially for college basketball time when March Madness heats up as well for the series of playoffs there. Going to begin. All right, I was to a, a member of Let's. All right, will do. All right, thank you so much for your call, Bram. Bram Weinstein, ESPN News. Anchor. Very interesting interview. I've never had a guest or a caller get warned by the cops and then call back. It was very surreal. You know, it sounded like I was listening to an ESPN uh, uh, like interview, and then I realized, oh, he's talking to us. I was gonna say, well, Fnac Radio, we do it big. We are an internet we inside source right there. We know, we know what's going on in the highs and lows. I love it. But yes, uh, back to what I was gonna say earlier. Segueing into. Uh, Bram's thoughts on Tebow. Here's what Charles Barkley had to say on the whole Tebow saga with them playing the Bears this Sunday. Listen, if I never hear the name Brett Favre again or Tim Tebow, listen, Tim Tebow is a good player. I wish him luck. But if I don't ever hear the word Brett Favre or Tim Tebow again, I, it, it won't be enough, trust me. So Tebow's already reached Favre-level status as far as the turnoff is concerned. Yes, yes, yes. That was yes, quick. No, no, no question. And, and, and first of all, it's clearly, clearly a media-driven story. Like It's like they just want you to argue about Tim Tebow every day. Hey, dude, let the kid play. If he can play good for him, if he can't play at a show. But to have this argument every single day, after five or six games, it's just ridiculous, to be honest with you. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's <laughs> just ridiculous. But your thoughts on Tim Tebow? I think he's won, what, five of his last six games? Yeah, I agree with everything Bram just said. It's, uh, it's <laughs> very entertaining to see how he keeps winning um, the way he plays. And hopefully he makes it to the playoffs and we get to see some Tebow magic there. So wouldn't that be something else? Because they're currently tied for the AFC West against the Oakland Raiders, who I don't know how they're up there as well. I think it's mainly because the Chiefs did so bad with Matt Castle losing and then signing Kyle Orton. He's out with a, a finger injury. But the NFL and also the what was it, the Green Bay Packers. Did you happen to buy a share of the Packers this week? Yeah, I I bought about two dollars worth of Packers. So. Did you really? I need to get on that. Hopefully that'll flip and uh, I'll be rich. <laughs> okay, I don't understand the whole concept of it. Is there any way you can sort of explain that to our listeners? 
about the whole Packers shares. Yeah. Um, I couldn't, but uh, <laughs> probably find someone in the next twenty minutes who could. Uh, I see. I'm trying to. I'm trying to sort of explain it. It's not. It's sort of like a donation to the team. Well, the Packers are owned by uh, Green by the uh, town or city, whatever of Green Bay. There's no owner, so I mean, I guess since they aren't owned by a specific person or company, they can open it up publicly, and um, that's what I think is. Let's say, hold on. I think I'm gonna find someone that's outside that might know this. Is there way you can uh, break down the NFL? Is it week? What are we? Week 13 now. Week 13. All right. Previewing the games, taking our picks. Since we have no college football to uh, watch our upsets on. So, NFL week 13 already. I'm sorry, week 14. We had a kickoff last night with uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Pretty boring game. Ben Roethlisberger coming through at the end. Pittsburgh winning 14-3. to Let's see, what other games do we have on Sunday? Oh, we got someone, uh... I'll say, well, we'll keep going in the NFL. Oh, all right. Sunday we got, uh, Redskins in New England. That'll be a local game. Hopefully that'll be on TV. Yeah, and, uh, Washington fans. I was going to say Indy Baltimore will be a good game, but I forgot Indianapolis. <laughs> is, it on Monday, is, uh, is it on Sunday Night Football? No, it's Sunday at 1. And, uh... Let's see, we get Gi- Giants-Dallas. That was a Sunday Night Football. That is, that is a make-or-break game. game for the Cowboys, because if they lose, I think it's now one game within the Giants. What are up with these Monday night games, St. Louis at Seattle? Like, really? They've run out of it. But I think I found someone that could explain the Green Bay Packers embezzled trust fund situation. We have Zach Drescher, the executive producer of American Television's flagship sports show, Sports Zone. Flagship show in general. Flagship show in general. Yeah. All right. Zach, is there way you can sort of explain what this is that the Green Bay Packers are trying to do? Oh, it's not that they're trying to do it. Or what is it? Now, now I, you have to understand that I have no real expertise in this area. <laughs> uh, I am a sports fan, and my dad is a CFO, so that's that's how you know I can explain this a little bit better. Basically, how it works is unlike a vast majority, in fact, all major sports teams, the Green Bay Packers are publicly owned. So they are basically a, uh, a collective. The ownership is just a collective of dairy farmers that are from Wisconsin, <laughs> essentially. So they work like any other publicly traded company. They have X number of stocks, uh, and they sell these stocks on on the market. They're they're I mean they're obviously hard to get uh, because it is rather expensive, and you have to own a fairly large portion of the team in order to qualify. You know, as an owner to you know, you, you have to own a large enough portion of the team to be included in any executive decisions. But uh, it's actually, I mean, compared to any other franchise, it's it's fairly easy to own at least a sliver of the Green Bay Packers. So I believe what has happened in this case is that the Green Bay Packers have pulled a a, a Facebook thing. <laughs> well, you know how in like in, in like Facebook movies, you know, they 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 Facebook gives out X number of stocks, and then that other guy's share gets devalued. Right. So he owns like two percent of the company, and they get us all angry, right? Oh, in the movie Social Network. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so that 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 uh, that that guy he's playing Spider-Man in the new movie. I forget what his name is. 
Right, the, the, his friend, the guy... Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Cut, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, guy, the, the business guy. With the slick back and he, hair. Right, and he gets all edged out of his stock, right? Right. So it's basically the same kind of thing. Is the, the Packers have... Cons- uh, 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 what's the word? Liquefied? I don't know. They, they've basically made more shares available. Okay. And made their previously existing shares less valuable. So a publicly owned company gives yeah. out is giving out more shares... Right. To make it devalue, I but believe uh, the, the article I'm reading right now says uh, an ad, uh, an additional twenty five two hundred fifty thousand shares, and so those are available to anyone in the country. I guess anyone in the world to buy. Um, possibly. <laughs> Have you bought your share? Uh, I do not. Uh, the, the shares are essentially priced at two hundred fifty dollars a piece. Uh, and being that. a college kid, I do not have we that kind of paper. Baller on the budget. <laughs> um. And, and like I said, you know, if I owned, if I if I if I shelled out the two hundred fifty dollars, it'd basically be it'd be like a figurehead ownership because like I own like what point two percent of the team, right? Uh, so it's probably not a good investment unless you are willing to drop. Uh, let's see what would be here. You know, unless you're willing to drop like twenty five thousand dollars and take you know maybe a five percent ownership in the team, then you could maybe swing some business decisions. But it's not like I could shell out 250 bucks and then g- trade Greg Jennings just because I want to. Right. Uh, that's, that's not how it works. The more money you pay, the more say you have. Exactly. Okay. That kind of clears it up a lot. Knowing, being from Dallas, I don't know what I'd want to do with a share of the Packers unless they go undefeated. I'm like a genius. Well, yeah. I mean, you get to be a part of the stu- Super Bowl contending team. That is true. Unlike... In better Dallas, than, where you're <laughs> unlike in Dallas, where you just pay to go to games, and your team is not going to be able to sniff a Super Bowl for the next five five years. I'd say more than that. Yeah, no, <laughs> knowing no, no, no. how the Cowboys' history has gone, right? Especially after the game against Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, Zach Jesher, thank you so much. He is our Fanatic Radio economics extraordinaire. I also do hockey, but I guess you never talk about that problem. No, yes. Dan is a very avid hockey fan. We had, our, ho- we had our 30 second hockey blurb at the beginning of the show. Oh, really? 30 seconds? Yeah. Excellent. I feel, like, I feel like we definitely should talk about more. We have a few minutes left in the show. Yeah. Your thoughts, Zach, on. Since we were off the air, Sidney Crosby returned and yes. literally picked, off, picked yes. up where he left off. Your thoughts on that? Oh, well, uh, it's funny. Like, as the game was going on, uh, you know, people were people were asking, like, could Sidney Crosby lead the league in points after missing a quarter of the season? And, you know, he's uh, he's played, uh, I believe it is, nine games, and he's already at, like, 18 points, which is, it, it's, it's like 15 points behind whoever's leading right now. I believe it's Claude Giroux, who is on my fantasy team, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it could happen. He, he's, he's essentially picked off right where he left off at the end of the last season, which was uh, one of his better... Like he, he, it was one of his better statistical seasons. He he steadily increased his point production throughout the season. And obviously, the Penguins didn't make it to the Cup Finals, but at the end of the regular season, you could really see him start to take over games individually, which he hadn't done before. He's you know he won the Stanley Cup as a team player. You know I mean you know it's better than Alex Ovechkin obviously because you know he led his team um, and he, he made people around him better. But I think at the end of the last season, you really started to see him take over games by himself. Um, and I think he's just he, he, he's continuing to do that. Uh, and obviously, P- Pittsburgh's got an excellent cast around him. They've built a winning team, even without him in the, in the, in the beginning of the year. Uh, so they can, 
you know, that even with even if they're not going to have their star player for a quarter of the season and more, since he's being, you know, they're taking very careful. They're being very careful with him. With him, they're sitting him out whenever he gets the sniffles. Essentially, uh, I don't think he's going to play more than 40 games this year, just because they're going to sit him out so frequently. They're going to be very careful with him so that he can be 100% come playoff time, because they know that they can make the playoffs and probably get home home ice during the playoffs, even if he doesn't play half the season. Right. Elson, I guess another thought, the amount of hits and fines that have been dished out this past few weeks. I think the NFL, or the NHL, is doing worse about that, that they're not... Was that, was that, was that a Freudian slip? Are you, are you saying that, you know... The I NFL, was. We just is, segued... The NHL is becoming the no-fun league? <laughs> um, yeah. <The> catch. <laughs> <laughs> James Harrison, line one. Um, I think that, I mean, obviously... I, my thing is that, like the NFL, the NHL doesn't exactly have a streamlined direction where they want to go with these things. I mean, I, I think they're, uh, I think they, they you know, they, they need to take out headshots, obviously, and uh, they need, they need to clean up, make the game a little safer for players, essentially, and they're really not sure how to do that without pissing off the, uh, the, uh, the hockey peers like Don Cherry, who just want to see people run over each other. Um, I think they really don't know how to do that. To me, I think I think it's great that Brendan Shanahan is taking this aggressive approach. I think it's great that he's doing this the thing with uh, putting out individual videos, uh, saying the league's logic behind these hits. Um, and I think what you're going to see is over the next few years, uh, those videos are going to be getting more and more uh, specific and similar. You're going to see similar penalties handed out for similar hits. Uh, and I think the league is going to be getting better at that, much like the NFL is. Um, I think they've gotten much better at doling out fines than they were last year when, um, you know, Roger Goodell really looked like somebody who didn't know what he was doing. I think that that's kind of what Brendan Shanahan and uh, the league brass look like now. I think they're going to get better at it. Um, but I think the I think a larger issue, actually, is going to be the issue of fighting. I don't know if you've had to re- have a, had an opportunity to read the New York Times expose on Derek Bugard. If you if, if you have if you have a half hour, you should really <laughs> no. It's it's a three part you know twenty one page <laughs> really? article, but it's the most enthralling it's a children's book. Yeah, right, well, no, not it's really. No actually, it's actually it's actually very far from a children's book, uh, because it's horrific. It's the most enthralling and engaging piece of sports writing I've read in a long time. But it's also absolutely horrific. The right. things that these the the the, 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 the how how. It's basically the life of an, of, a, of an enforcer, how, the life of a guy who's paid to be on a hockey team just to fight. And um, Derek Bugard was a very troubled individual uh, who was not, who, who did not cope with the pain, the physical pain of being an enforcer uh, and the effect it had on his body. And uh, he turned to he turned to painkillers and drugs, and that ultimately contributed to his unfortunate suicide this year. Um, and Dang. it's, you know... It's so must read, though. It's, 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 it is, because I think it's going to go a long way to shape league policy right. in the future. And, I mean, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to read that to read that article and come away thinking that ho- fighting belongs in hockey. Right. Because it's just, it's horrifying what, what these guys, what has happened to these guys, especially recently with... Uh, with three of them um, coming to untimely deaths so early uh, in such proximity this summer.
But you're excited for the Winter Classic, though, because we have one more show and then we're off the air. Sort <laughs> <laughs> of put a positive spin on it. Well, it's, sort of awkward. Awkward. It's, it's hard to transition out of these. Yeah. Where is the Winter Classic this year? Uh, is it the uh, the bank? Yep. It's where they've already started so uh, putting up the field on Flyers the and Rangers. Rangers. So that the, those two original six teams? Uh, no. The Flyers Flyers are the second six. They mm-hmm. were part of the, the when the league went from six to twelve. The Flyers were in there. Should be an exciting game. Seeing Yammer Yager face his old team. Uh, yeah. yes, yes. If he yes. plays, Flyers. There, there's some. The Flyers are going through some injury troubles with uh, with Yager. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. I think. Um, I mean, the, the Rangers are definitely better this year, uh, at least so far. Um, they've got, uh, this Brad Richards thing seems to be working out for now, uh, not unlike how I predicted. I think uh, uh, the Flyers are the class of the league. Uh, I think you, you really have you, you really can't um, dispute that. Uh, they've got great depth at forward, even without Yager. They've got Claude Giroux is having a monster year, as I uh, as I said earlier. Um, and I, I I don't know I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, the Rangers just, just the rest of the season because I know I am always predicting downfall for them right. they're like they're the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL they always tail off the end of the year and then miss out on the playoffs in a shootout um, but uh, yeah it's it's an exciting event for the league obviously um, I love I love watching that. Like the one you know, thing it's, it's kind of interesting. Football. It's, it, it, I, I think uh, the NHL has to find a way to make regular season games interesting. Uh, so you know, I think I think the gimmickry uh, peaked with the Black Friday, Thanksgiving Classic, whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess people sort of cared about that. It got slightly higher ratings. Good little preview, yeah. Um, it's it's I think, but yeah, I think the the Winter Classic has definitely worked out for the NHL. Um, I wonder when you're going to get teams that are not in the Atlantic Division competing in it. Um, you know, maybe. As soon as it snows in Dallas, stars might exactly <laughs> right. Um, how great would that be? Winter <laughs> Classic and Jerry World. Yeah, the, the, the stadium it? can't open. Uh, yes, the <laughs> roof can't open. Does it ever though? I feel like it. I feel like I've Only never seen it open. Not in. Oof. I don't think it has. I think it did a few in like the sept the well, September October games. Yeah, when it was like not humid as with like sweltering heat, but no right. humidity. It's kind of like the yeah, segueing out of August. Um, uh, well, and you also got that jumbotron there. So what 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 uh, what effects did it really have? Um, that jumbotron though. <laughs> I want to see. You know where I want to see it go? I want to see it go to the big house. Uh, Michigan Stadium has hosted mm-hmm. college hockey. It's at the largest attendance of an outdoor hockey game. Exactly. Um, and you got the Red, Red Wings. Wings. You got the Red Wings right there. They haven't been. And Toronto. In Toronto's like, about probably. what three hours away from. Yeah, that's the other question: right. Is the NHL ever going to allow a Canadian team to compete in the Winter Classic? Right. Spoiler alert: No. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Zach Dresche. Thank you once again for joining us here on Fanatic Radio for helping us understand the the timeshare of the Green Bay Packers as well as providing NHL analysis. Love to have you come back on the show. Hopefully, when the NHL season is sort of in full swing, the Caps can make another run. To try to win a Stanley as, Cup. As, as if the NHL season has not been in full swing for the last two months. Right. But we'll take a quick break before we end the show with our final thoughts. But once again, you're listening to Fanatic Radio on WVAU.
Oh, please just be fair I don't ask you for love Cause I don't 